Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the sayings what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Pray. We pray that you would do that today. Lord, I, I know that um, this is a humble message. It's not complex. It's not deep. Or, um, and yet I pray that you would do with it far more than I could ever imagine or think. In every heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, this week I saw a number plate like, much like this. Um, and it made me... You've seen these around, I, I imagine. You might even have one. Not, yeah, well, I couldn't... I, I used the, um, the personal, the PPQ number plate thing and I couldn't figure out a pattern to get it to work and so I thought I'll just use the one that I used years ago <laughs> so Mabel and I have 01 and 02 DRM so this is 06 DRM um, so it, it, when I saw this I, it made me realise I was sort of walking out of the shopping centre into the beautiful blue sky paradise that we live in and it made me realise that I'm not the only one that, that often feels this way for many Gold Coasters, in fact, their, um, their worldview of secular materialism seems to be working well for them. And this is paradise. This is the paradise that they're looking for and that they're happy to find. They don't believe in God and they're focused on material goods, such as health and wealth, and they seem to have all that they want. And yet there are increasing cases of anxiety and depression People seem more harried and worried than ever, especially this year. Something's missing from their lives. And what Paul is praying for in this passage that Mabel just read is what all human beings are missing, even when we think we're living in paradise. Now, I want to do something a little different today. I, wanna, I want us to really grasp the message of this passage for ourselves. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask you to write about how you know the love of Christ. Then I'm going to talk briefly about this prayer of Paul's. And then I'm going to look at how we all can continue growing together in Christ's love. So I want you to write down your thoughts first. I'll share some thoughts and then we'll share our responses to that. So let's get started. Could you please grab a, um, a pen and paper? Yep. Thanks, Sasha. Now, the, the pens haven't been used for um, more than 28 days, and that's beyond the, 
the virus uh, lifetime on a pen at the temperature that it's been sitting at, according to the CSIRO, so they're COVID safe. <laughs> now, on the, the paper, you'll find a place to write the past, your past, how you know from your past the love of Christ in its breadth, its length, its height and its depth. Now, now I'm, I'm just asking for your experiences or the practices that you, that you do through which you've come to know Christ's love. Okay? It, may, it may be through the love of others, the beauty of creation, the word of God, whatever. And, and if you're wondering about which category something fits into, whether it's breadth or length, etc. Well, I can only suggest you just go with the metaphor, okay? Because, like, I don't have any sort of secret insight into this. Um, for example, I might say that I've experienced the breadth of Christ's love by encountering loving Christian brothers and sisters wherever I go in the world. So I might say that's the breadth because no matter where I go, there's, there's Christ's love there. So let's think about that, put down these answers and, and, and try to put one in at least one category. We're not going to get into debates about whether you put it in the right category or not, so don't worry about that. Okay, how's everyone doing? <laughs> Managed to... <laughs> Some of us have have more experience to share than others. <laughs> so um, you can keep writing if you would like. Uh, but I don't want I don't want to hold you too long until we go to our dinner tonight. So I'll move on. And I just want to talk a bit about what Paul's prayer means. Like most of the prayers in Ephesians, and it's got quite a few, this, this prayer is one long single sentence from verse 14 to 19. The last two verses, verse 20 and 21, are, are a beautiful poem praising God, which is what theologians call a doxology. And Paul pours out his desires for the Ephesian church in this prayer. But even though it's just this long, sort of flowing prayer, there's still structure. What is Paul asking for? What, what is his goal? And I think it's easiest in this prayer to work backwards. So start at the end and work backwards. Paul's greatest desire in verse 19 is that the Ephesians be filled with the fullness of God. This is a very, like... Bizarre statement. How can you be filled with the fullness of God? God is immeasurable. He's infinite. He's, he's so much more than we are. How can we, a finite vessel, be filled with an infinite God? Who knows? But that's what Paul wants for us, for the Ephesians and, and for every church, including Renew. Well, the way that he does have an idea of how that happens um, because he says that you may be filled. So what is it that we do that we may be filled with the fullness of God? Well, by knowing the love of Christ, which of course surpasses 
knowledge. So we, if we know something that passes knowledge, then we'll be filled with the fullness of God. Sort of get the idea here that Paul's sort of wrestling with depths that are beyond human understanding. Even with an eternity in heaven, we'll never finish exploring the magnitude of Christ's love. It's that big. How big is it? Paul tries to explain that in verse 18 and he tries to emphasize it by talking in spatial terms. His point is that Christ's love is not merely large, it's also multidimensional. It transcends our understanding in every way. Nonetheless, it's still worth contemplating it because that's how God fills us. Just because we can never get to the end of it doesn't mean we shouldn't start at the beginning. You see, God doesn't merely muscle his way into a Christian with an abrupt baptism of the Spirit or whatever. When we give our lives to Christ, he comes to dwell in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. But again, that doesn't mean that we're instantly transformed into people completely given over to God. Rather, God desires our participation in that process. It's called sanctification, the process of becoming more and more filled with God's presence and and so becoming more like him. And that's a cooperative work, unlike justification when we're saved by grace through faith which is the work of God so that no one might boast sanctification is a cooperative process and through this transformation by God we become strengthened and rooted and grounded in love think about what that means COVID-19 has been very difficult for many people. This, this year has been exhausting. We've struggled with the isolation, the uncertainty, the, the potential loss of, of our jobs and, and so on. Everyone's feeling weary and anxious and uncertain. And I have to confess, I didn't expect to be particularly affected by this. I work from home. I, I'm pretty secure in terms of my... Um, financial and work position but the constant changes have have exhausted and discouraged me too and yeah I didn't expect that but it's happened but if the God of the universe the God who loves us with such boundless love that we can never even imagine its limits we can never come to the end of exploring the height, the depth, the length, the width of his love. If this God has made his home in us, he dwells in us. What can shake us, really? Psalm 46 starts with this incredible claim. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help. In trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. 
for us, God is indeed very present because he's right here. He, he dwells in us. We can never escape him. We can rest in him and wherever we go, he's there. In fact, in Psalm 139, David says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the world of the dead, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, And the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. As children of God, when we truly grasp God's love for us, we are unshakable. Our circumstances might be scary or exhausting. Our loved ones might leave us. Our bodies might betray us. But God is always there for us. We don't need to be afraid. How different is that to the wave of anxiety and uncertainty that our culture's experiencing now? But of course, as Paul's prayer indicates, it's the extent to which we know Christ's love that allows us to demonstrate this power, this groundedness. So take a look at the things you've written on your paper and let's share some ideas of how we can continue to grow in the knowledge of Christ's love. So feel free to write them down, but I want to hear them as well. So... What sort of ideas do people have? Sort of springboard off the things that you've, that you've written down. What, how can we continue to grow in our knowledge of Christ's love and so be more unshakable? Neil? I think indirectly having a, an attitude or a mindset of thankfulness, counting yep. our blessings, because I think indirectly then... We're going to be more conscious and speaking because those things will be in our heart, speaking out what God's done for us. Mm, yeah. Counting our blessings is yeah. actually not just a child's game, right? <laughs> Anything else? For the future. Now and the future. How would you... How, how are you hoping to grow in the knowledge of Christ's love so that it can ground you and... and I've got so much in my fingertips with the technology that if I want to, I can get all this information and all this... Mm. But I can also realise that it's God's love that has causes. Mm. It's allowed this to happen. Um, the length of brain in years and hope to in the future. His love is so much higher than my thoughts. And the depth I've got, my desire to go deeper with him. And Proverbs 3, 3 to 5. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, or all your ways acknowledge Him. It's been a really strong one for me. Yeah. Yeah. So always be thinking about God's perspective. I think for me, it's uh, this is not so much a personal one, but having seen the change in other people's hearts, the people that you knew never were Christian, but then you see the change in how they come to the knowledge of Christ, and mm. you see God work there. Yep. Share anything else? Well, you need to go back to the past, and I for breath, I mean, I've given one through each one. Yep. But for breath, I just put in there, I've seen him being there for me personally. Yep. And at the same time, being there for others that are far away. Mm. And there's no reason for that to ever change. Yeah. For the future. Yeah. So I've got that assurance that it's going to be the same. Yeah. And you can actually, I, I wrote, I did write down brothers and sisters around the world and you can you can sort of you can stay in touch with that sort of with that reality and be constantly encouraged by the way that God's working in that, right? Put a poem up Nicole, I didn't say uh, for length. I just took that the Paul's metaphor of length, I just applied another metaphor length of time. Yep. So I found daily meeting worshiping but not, so I have a daily meeting with God and worshiping God. So rather than well, there's that book that you and I read about say uh, John Piper on how to read Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's, you haven't got the message to got a vision of God or an understanding of God from the text. It's mm. not enough to to score oh, this is we're helping in a theological debate or four points on my side. You need to actually have some vision of God. Yeah. So I would say that, that over a continual mm. long period of time. Um, and also to form the habit, so Neil talked about making a habit of giving God thanks, also turning to God in, like with each difficulty that comes up, obviously I'm not going to stop and hold hands with the, uh, in my class to hold hands and we say a prayer, a quick prayer to deal with some kid who's acting up and maybe throwing things. But, uh, yeah. We'll think it's bad, but you can hold hold hands in the prayer circle around this young man. No, I can't do that. But I can, in my heart, use each of the vicissitudes of life, each of the changes, some of which are scary, as an up. A reminder, an occasion to pray mm. in the midst of it, so that I'm walking through whatever difficulty it may be with God. Um, uh, possibly even in parenting, not by difficulties there, but theoretically, <laughs> if it ever were difficult, I could. <laughs> theoretically, yeah. it's not that that's likely. Like, there's this guy now who has it was difficult for him parenting. Like, so. 
<laughs> you could help him with that. <laughs> so let me suggest one, the practice of spiritual disciplines. Actually, I'm cheating there because that's several things in one. Um, however, the point is that, that, that we engage intentionally and regularly in a range of activities. Sometimes they can be called habits, as, as Stephen said, that bring us into God's presence and focus us on him. When I was young, I used to ride a lot because, um, you know, that's how you, you needed a bike to get around. It was too far to walk and I loved the feeling of freedom that it gave me. I could get around without having to wait for mum and dad in the hot car for half an hour. And when I say hot car, I mean like 60, 70 degrees. That's what it felt like. It was probably 50 degrees because Charters Towers, it's over 40 most of the time. Um, it's illegal nowadays, but back then it was legal. Um, and when I moved to the Gold Coast, I bought a bicycle and rediscovered that love and also the fitness benefit that, it's bring, that it brings. But for years, I didn't ride much at all. Anytime I rode, I felt horrible because I wasn't fit. How do you think I rediscovered my joy in riding? Yes, by spending time riding. And riding with other people made it so much easier to do that. And the same is true with our walk with Jesus. If we don't keep on walking, our spiritual feet get soft, our spiritual muscles get weak, and it's hard to do. It makes us sick to do a five-minute Bible study. We just get, wow, this is so hard, like my brain wants to puke. Well, maybe not, but <laughs> sometimes it feels like that. Certainly that's what my writing felt like. Um, but joining others helps. Last year we did a course called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which taught us many practices which help us walk daily with Jesus. This is the, uh, the eight lessons of, of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. So how can we encourage one another to keep going in these important practices? Any ideas? Do it again, yep. I'm, I'm thinking of doing that. I'm just trying to figure out if we do a quick one or do the, the whole. Yeah, yeah. I should write this stuff down. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I was thinking too... Um, uh, if we had, like in our um, sharing time, if we actually shared, if we talked about some of these things and we, we brought them to the surface so that we could encourage one another in, in these specific sorts of things. So we could sort of say something like, how's your Sabbath been? How have your Sabbaths been this week? You know, how have you been finding rest with God? Nicole? No, no I'm not picking on Nicole. <laughs> She was looking very guilty, so I couldn't resist. <laughs> so, the any any other ideas about how we could encourage one another to? I think 
think that one discovered the rhythms of the daily office, which was really getting in the Lord's presence. Yeah. So we have to stop and be intentional. I mean, it is easier for us to squeeze if you're at home together. Mm. And even when you're on your own, if you just make that time and just be intentional about it, it makes a huge difference. I still have an alarm on my watch at 11.30 to do my noon daily office, but I just go, yep, I don't actually do it. <laughs> so I really need to be encouraged. <laughs> it's pretty naughty. <laughs> at least I still remember what it's for and I can feel this tiny little pang of guilt. <laughs> but that's not enough. Okay. So this is the sort of thing that I want, I think we need to do more of as, as, a, as a community, to encourage one another to press into Christ and to experience his love daily. And, and let me just, as we finish, let me repeat Paul's doxology because it reminds us that it's not just up to us. God is ever able to help us. So... Actually, let's say this together. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So let's, let's just close the sermon in prayer before we move into worship. Father, we thank you that, you that you love us. You love us even when we don't love you, when we're prodigals, when we're, when we're elder sons, when we are too lazy to, to spend time with you. You never stop loving us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to to love you. We'll never know how much you love us, but we pray that you would show us just a little bit of that, a little bit more each day so that we can grow. We can grow to be more and more like you so that our community, the world around us, can see your love shining in our lives in our actions, in our words, in our attitudes, in the rhythms of our lives. And they can come to know you too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.